0: Genesis twenty six <laughs> We didn't do very much. This is last time we were we did this I I didn't feel like talking. Yeah, it was, it was pretty it was we left Isaiah. We might want High to start dry. Over again. Huh?
1: We kinda left Isaiah
0: High thing. and Dry. Three.
1: Three.
0: All right. Well, we, we guys, there's a whole bunch of stuff here that I didn't feel like talking about then so <coughs> I wonder if I get demerits for that yeah you
1: do yeah. or detentions heavenly demerits detentions you get, you get jewels out of your
0: crown I think I owe a few <laughs> and then you have to
1: sit in the heavenly detention I told you the this. heavenly detention the, the ultimate use of these days is evidence evidence <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Genesis 26 1 there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was found in the days of Abraham or that was in the days of Abraham and Isaac went unto Abimelech king of the Philistines unto Gerar now there's a big time lesson here The word famine is the Hebrew word ra'ab. And the rabbis say that the reason the famine came is that the promise was uh, defiled by Esau. In other words, there was even a... When Isaac stole his birthright, the, the mixing or the touching of Isaac... I mean, or Jacob and Esau caused the famine. Now the word famine simply means a dearth, or the word rob in the Hebrew. A dearth means a dearth means to be without, to lack something. And a famine is always used of God as chastisement anytime you're without anything whether it be money or friends or sex or whatever health God is using it as chastisement chastisement isn't punishment chastisement is simply the process of training up the child even Christ learned obedience by the things that he suffered remember obedience doesn't mean what we think it means god doesn't want you know he does not want to come down and say jackie go do that that's not what obedience means he wants jackie to do that without him telling you to that's obedience now the way that process happens is to hear under the word obedience means to hear under any conceivable circumstance No matter what the external circumstances, you hear. If you hear, you see. If you see, you'll do. As soon as you recognize that that which you are suffering, or that lack which you are encountering, is from God himself, then it's... and quit fighting against it, then the purpose of the lack is finished. And this is the lesson that we're going to see in these few verses. Don't say a word, Harry.
1: <laughs> What's the longest famine?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let me talk about famine. There are 10 major famines in the scripture. <coughs> and when they when I say major, they were worldwide famines all kinds of famines that sort of go around the place. But if anybody's interested, we can go through and learn, but we'll see these eventually as we go through the cycle. But there, there were, I'll just read to you. There's one in the days of Adam, one in Lamech, one for Abraham, one for Isaac, one for Jacob, <clears throat> one in the days of the judges, one for David, one for Elijah, and one for Elisha. Then there's one which sort of travels about all over the place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's one I'm interested in. <laughs> <laughs> Are we due for one?
0: Huh? But the famine that that is always extant, according to the rabbis, comes at the time of Messiah, or comes in the days of Messiah. When we're, that's what we're going to look at.
1: What do you mean extant? It's always extant.
0: It's always here. It's always here. Let's go to Amos. <coughs> Let's find out who can find Amos. You get you get a brownie <laughs> point if you find it.
1: <clears throat>
0: you think that'd be an alphabetical <laughs> order? You don't to read a lot of
1: Obadiah.
0: You don't want to read a lot of Obadiah. <laughs> Yeah, Amos is not in the New Testament. <laughs> eight.
1: <laughs> oh, I found it. <laughs> <laughs> <About everyone else.
0: laughs> Amos eight.
1: Amos
0: verse 7 the Lord hath sworn by the excellency of Jacob surely I will never forget any of their works now he's talking about the works of of Esau shall not the land tremble for this and everyone mourn that dwelleth therein and it shall rise up holy as a flood saying the land itself will rise up as a flood And it shall be cast out, it meaning Esau, shall be cast out and drowned as by the flood of Egypt. And it shall come to pass in that day, (coughs) saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. And that's what happened at the cross. At the cross, Christ was crucified, and the sun went down, at noon. So now everything that we're reading about has been finished. Now you'll never hear this anyplace else. You go to the churches and they'll tell you this is what's going to happen someday.
1: <laughs> what verse was that? Huh? What verse was it? Nine. Seven, eight, seven, eight.
0: Nine. nine. Verse eight, chapter eight, verse nine. The sun went down at noon. Well. Now, and I will turn your feasts into mourning. That's exactly what happened when the temple veil was rent at the crucifixion of Christ. The veil was rent from the top to the bottom. The veil signified the flesh. So there was a momentary peak. But for the next generation the feasts were mourning and there's all kinds of lamentations in the Talmud about, you know, there's a great one it says oh why did thou rent o veil 40 years before the destruction of the temple and so that period of time they tried to have feasts but they couldn't because the holy of (coughs) holies had been violated by esau okay I will turn your feasts into mourning and your songs into lamentation. And I will bring up sackcloth upon all loins and baldness upon every head. And I will make it as the mourning of an only son and the end thereof as a bitter day. The Jewish race ceased to exist from God's standpoint. Because God has ordained that there is a famine in the land. You understand? It's always been there. This is one of the crossfire spots. There's a famine in the land, but not of bread. It's the famine of hearing the word of God. Yet you say I am with you, but lo, I am not, for I have long since fled the staleness and hypocrisy of your structures, and like the wind, I blew past your ways and your systems. For I will not be bound by the ways of the fallen creature. Learn from this and become wise in the wisdom from above. <laughs> 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 but I mean, it's 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 big stuff. I mean, we're talking seminal. Spiritual material that—that that everything else is anchored to. Okay.
1: What's verse fourteen you're talking
0: about? I haven't read it yet.
1: And, uh, <coughs> to continue?
0: Yeah. Oh. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Jesus said it in a different way. He said, you shall travel over sea and land to make one convert. And when he is made, you shall make him twofold the child of hell that you are. And that day shall the fair virgins and the young men faint for thirst. They that swear by the sin of Samaria and say, thy God, O Dan, liveth, and the manner of Beersheba liveth, even they shall fall and never rise up again. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the natural. It's saying that the you know the God of Dan is the tribe, the it's the natural. Does everybody understand? So the point here, we're concentrating on famine. And famine simply means a dearth or a lack of something. That also means famine, famine, where everything gets wiped out. Now, what is happening? There's a famine in the land, as it was in the days of Abraham. What did Abraham do? The moment there was a famine in the land, he ran down to Egypt. He got in big trouble. But God forgave him. Now, Isaac is confronted with a similar thing. There's a famine in the land, there's a lack in his life. So
1: he's going to get a bunch of recording stars together. (laughs) We are the uh, the promise. (laughs) We are
0: the (laughs) Jews. Okay, let's look at it. Go back to Genesis. (laughs) Just a bunch of disgusting people. <laughs> and there was a famine in the land and beside the first famine that was on the days of Abraham and Isaac went. Isaac is cutting ass. Let me show you something. If I can find it. Maps are neat. I wish I knew how to use them. <laughs>
1: Place
0: the handyman's knife. Give a nail. First of all, this is a picture of you. For those of you who don't know it, okay? You're born. Your true identity is born in the promise, Christ. Just as Jesus was born in the promise, and then he gets swallowed because because he's too little and he can easily get wiped out, he has to flee to Egypt, just as the nation of Israel did. Okay? Egypt is always the world, the world system, the ways of thinking, the, the solutions of the world. Cause and effect is always Egypt. When, then, then he was pretty successful for a while. He lived in the land of Gershom, and he was reasonably successful by his definition. Gershom was the best of the land in the Delta And then all kinds of plagues started to happen. Everything bad went wrong. Everything went wrong. And so God says, get out of Egypt. And you say, no, I'm going to stay in Egypt, but I want God's stuff in Egypt. Then you say, no. So anyway, God finally wins. And you flee, and you pass the Red Sea in baptism. And the Egyptian part of you is dead in the flood, And the Israel part of you remains dry. And you wander around the wilderness for a while until you shed of the grave clothes of the world and the grave clothes of religion. And then you enter the promise. And going through the Jordan. Now, Isaac was born in the promise and he was commanded never to leave the promise because he was a burnt offering. Remember when Abraham offered up the only child? God said he was a burnt offering. Now, a burnt offering is an offering of acceptance. In the animal, in the temple grounds, in order for an animal to be the burnt offering, the animal could never have left the temple sanctuary. If he ever went outside the bounds of the temple, then he could not be a burnt offering. So Isaac, because he's the perfect type of Christ, had to stay his whole life. In the temple sanctuary and the promise. Now, but what is what is Isaac about to do? He's up here at Hebron where it's nice and cool and the wind blows and it's up on the mountainside and it's in a green valley and it's really beautiful. And then comes a famine to test. First thing he does, he gets on his mule or camel or whatever he's got, and he's heading down here to Egypt. And he gets to Gerar. And God says, wait a minute. <coughs> okay, you got the picture? Does it sound familiar? <laughs> you got a lack? You're heading for Egypt. You want to depend and lean on your own arm of understanding. You want to go trust in the shadow of Pharaoh. Let's go, let's go solve this by cause and effect. If, we, if I have this problem, it means I have to do this, this, and this. Doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter if you're in the deathbed. To go to Egypt is forbidden. Everybody understand that? Intellectual. Okay, now Abimelech, well, let me tell you about Gerar. You remember where Gerar was, down in the edge of the promise. Gerar. Number one, it's a worst climate. It's the wor- it's the worst place in the Promised Land. It's the worst climate. It's the worst land. Nothing grows there. It's terrible stuff. It's sort of like West Texas. <coughs> it's it's Pampa without it's Pampa without you know any oil or anything. <coughs> All right. And Abimelech isn't a man's name. Abimelech is a title like Pharaoh. Okay? Melek, remember? Abimelek. It means, in the, in the, it means father, king. Ab is the Hebrew word for father. Melek is the Hebrew word for king. But he was king, the father king of the Philistines. The Philistines, the word Philistine, were the people of the wrongful, they were the wrongful residents in the promise. And the word Philistine means those who roll in the dust. Got it? You got the picture I'm sure
1: he uses strong words. huh? He uses strong words you know, to call someone who roll in the dirt.
0: I know <laughs> Now we're going to see that, that we're going to see an interesting thing. God stopped Isaac by grace while he was still in the promise but God God the great tricker, tricker stopped him in the worst possible place he <laughs> could have stopped him a week earlier he had a, <laughs> a nice cool mountain and made you know, stuff grow and, but God is showing him something, so he puts him in the worst possible condition that you can be in okay, you thought this was just dumb stuff, right? And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Now, this is the first of two appearances of God to Isaac. God doesn't like to appear to you. When God appears to you, you're in big trouble. You're in deep shit. God wants you to see And hear the word and come into obedience to hear under, to be a mature son, to learn obedience by the things that you suffer, without him coming up and saying, here I am. Now, Religion always tries to get God to appear to them. They they want God to speak loud words to them. And so you hear these idiots on television saying, God told me.
1: Build a prayer tower.
0: Build a nine hundred foot Jesus. God told me that there were five hundred of you this very night that were gonna give me ten thousand dollars. Right. I'll try that one.
1: <laughs>
0: I bet I could get by with it.
1: <laughs> you
0: did ask for money once on the Don't oh, that's <laughs> Spent. He would have to
1: tell us, too. Uh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I know,
0: that's like these girls that say that, you know, when I, when I was on the radio. Well, I told you that when, when you were <laughs> in your weirdness. God God told me that you and I were going to get married. That's fine, I think this wait until God tells me.
1: <laughs>
0: anyway, so God's appearance.
1: I I, I get the kick out of God says to him, "Don't do something really terrible and descend down into the world. Stay here with the people who roll in the dirt. Rolling in the dirt is better than going down into the world."
0: Now, again, the words, these words, the Hebrew words are wonderful because they they describe a mental image or a mental picture, and it says, "Go not down." And it's the negative plus the word yarad, which means to descend. When you go to the promise, you ascend. You Allah. You yared to Egypt. You ah, you you Allah. Isn't it interesting that the Hebrew word for ascend is Allah? And the, the and Muhammad he stole it and made it the name of God. Any trip to Egypt for any purpose is considered a descent it's the worst possible thing that can be done in the walk of faith understand and again according to the the Midrash, Genesis, Rabbah this is the exact words that he told them thou art a burnt offering without blemish and as a burnt offering becomes unfit if it goes outside the temple, closure, so wilt thou become unfit if thou goest without the promise. So when God says in in the book of let's go that let's go there Second Corinthians two, keep your finger in Genesis, you won't mind.
1: First Corinthians.
0: Second. Second Corinthians chapter two. Verse fourteen. <clears throat> chapter 2 verse 14 now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ always always may not look like a triumph but he always causes us to triumph with one condition and the condition is that you stay in the promise if you don't stand in the promise, your own worst fears will come upon you. It's guaranteed. No matter what you do to protect your ass, your own worst fears will come upon you. Understand? Fret not yourself because of the evildoer. The word evil in the Hebrew is avon. It means not somebody who's out there, you know, raping and pillaging and plundering. It means someone who is self-efforting. Self-efforting is the definition of the Hebrew word evil. And it says, fret not yourself because of the evildoer, the self-efforting one, who is prospering in his way. His way shall fall and his own worst fear shall come upon him. Stop comparing yourself with anybody or anything, anywhere. You're a new creation. And God, by faith, you hang your life on this promise and God will always cause you to triumph understand now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place you don't even know it's happening but you smell. You smell in a certain way. And that smell is so powerful, it will be discerned and seen or, or, or known by everybody around you. Now, listen to what the smell says For we are unto God a sweet savor. The only time the word sweet savor is ever used is for a burnt offering. We are unto God a sweet savor, therefore we are as Isaac a burnt offering if we do not leave the promise. We are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. To the one, them that perish, we are the savor of death unto death. To the other, of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these? I'm still a savor of death unto a whole lot of people. And so will you be. You will always be a savor of death unto death in them that perish, in Esau, in the flesh, in the works of the flesh. And you will always be a savor of life unto life for those that see. There's no in between. Never again will you be mediocre. Never again will anyone sort of dismiss you. You will either be hated or loved. There's no in between. Understand?
1: That's living on the
0: knife edge. That's right. That's the life on the knife edge of soul and spirit, and therein is all the excitement that you can handle. Therein is joy. Therein is health. Therein is peace. Therein is everything.
1: What you just said, though, about being on the edge, and one of the dimensions of being on the edge is people who either love you or hate you. Man, that just exploded in my head because that is what every man wants. That's why the prisoner in a prison camp who's in uh, in solitary confinement will do anything to get beaten rather than ignored. Right. Babies die when they're ignored, mm-hmm. and they'll take beatings rather than nothing. I liked all the excitement you could handle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I was telling Harry and Barbara earlier. I spent 11 years. Monitoring nuclear weapons tests, <coughs> big bombs or, and hydrogen bombs, atom and hydrogen, and we had to go to you know either to the Nevada Test Site or in southeast and the Bikini Islands or the Christmas Islands, and the the test was scheduled. And these are big mothers. I mean, one of the tests that I was it was the largest hydrogen bomb that's ever been exploded in the atmosphere, and. Uh, that's the one I told you about right I spent three months alone on an island because they kept delaying the test they were afraid of wind conditions and the weather conditions had to be perfect because they were afraid they'd wipe out the world oh. <laughs> you know because, I mean I mean the if the they'd wipe out a whole lot of stuff if the so anyway here I am in a stupid island I know that that bomb is going to go off I'm all alone and every day the sense of of certainty that this explosion was going to take place grew stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Well, that's the way I feel. Something is happening vis-a-vis this body, vis-a-vis the world, and, and I feel it. And I feel just as, I feel stronger than I did when I was waiting for that atomic bomb to go off.
1: Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> this time, put your goggles
0: on. Yeah. Well, I did it the last minute. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you understand the sweet savor, the offering, the thing, the reason that he couldn't go out of the promise. Okay? Back to Genesis. Verse 2. Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Dwell is the word shakan, which means to reside, permanently stay, be anchored in. Never leave, it's to be anchored. Do not do as Abraham did when he he was tested by the famine. You know, Gerar was on the direct route to Egypt, and Isaac was cutting ass. he was hungry. It's a nice thing to do. I mean, if you're hungry, you should go, get, go where the food is. But you, the longer you hear this, the more you will become convinced that if you have a need, it is impossible for you to take effort to meet it. That's the lesson that I had to learn alone for five years. I mean, I was extremely capable of making money. I mean, I made a lot of money, but I had to buy. This became so clear to me that I could not take any effort to feed myself. If I did, I would have been out of the promise. But it was five years of testing. Now, I mean, it'll it'll eventually. It's like God will only put on you. He won't put anything on you more than you can stand. More than you can bear. That the word, see that scripture he will not tempt you more than you can bear in your in your mind because of the stupid English language the word tempt means enticement to do evil when you hear the word tempt you think it means enticement to do something evil that's not what it means it means to be put to the test for the purposes of approving it's the same word that's used to assay gold and he will not put anything on you more than you can bear has nothing to do with being tempted by short skirts or something it's it's this test of remaining in the promise without leaning on egypt without leaning on the world system of thought and by that test you are transformed by the renewing of your mind okay and it gets tough i'm not here to tell you it doesn't you will end up losing everything you dreamed of ever owning. You will suffer the loss of all things. I'm going to tell you that up front. You will suffer the loss of all friends, of all family, of all possessions. <coughs> but that's the cost of the process. But that which you gain is so far more important that it's, it's not even worthy to be compared but you will be hated of all men. They'll kill you and think they're doing God-holy service. Their stupid, carnal minds will say, well, all of the value systems of this stupid earth, even though they know they fail, they have to come and use them against you. But they are as menstrual rags. Capiche?
1: and I was thinking about money for studio and all that stuff and, and money for Doug and the phone call came with an offer to make three, four, or five thousand dollars for a couple of weeks' work. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but I as I heard it, I knew I wasn't gonna do it. And this is the answer.
0: Okay, verse three. Verse 3, i got to explain something else to you. <coughs> the edges of the promised land were unclean. The place where the promise touched the world was unclean. So the the promise to Isaac is Hebron, in, in, which is just in Jerusalem, that the, the, the new, which is in the boundaries of the New Jerusalem. The border of the promise. All kinds of people. Are, you can you can. It's not unclean in the sense that it's it's unclean like uh, Gehenna, but it's sort of on the edge. Right? <coughs> so Dan, which is the northern boundary, is, that's where that word was. That's sort of unclean. Because they, they always mix in with the world and they're always doing shit. Gerar, which is this, this southern portion. So, God is saying to him here, he's saying sojourn as a guest. In verse 3. Sojourn in this land. Sojourn means it's the word gur, which means sojourn as a guest, see yourself as the pilgrim, shrink in fear in this strange place.
1: Ah, God has said, "Okay." He didn't say dwell in Gerar; dwell in the land that I'll tell you. Right. Sojourn in Gerar.
0: Sojourn in Gerar. You understand?
1: The cigarette
0: smoke is starting to bother me. Okay. Let's go to Psalm thirty-nine. I'm hotter
1: than
0: anything. Yeah, we'll have to close all the windows. Now, we have this strange (laughs) thing. God told Abraham that he was going to give him the promised land. Right? Right? Abraham never owned a foot of land in the earth. Told Isaac he was going to have him the promised land. Isaac never owned a foot of land. So God's either lying or, or something else is going on. Now David, the psalmist, was sitting in Jerusalem when he wrote these following words. Verse 7. Well, let's go up. Verse 4. Lord, make me to know mine end, and the measure of my days what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as a hand-breath. Hand-breath, just a little thing. And mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. And then it says, Selah. The word Selah is a command. It's a summary command to think on that and to not leave that until you understand Every man at his best is altogether vanity. The word vanity doesn't mean he likes to look at himself in a mirror. The word vanity means totally fruitless, totally and completely without redeeming value. At his best, (coughs) God's not going to come down here and make you better. For you are a, you know, we're just the vessel to contain the promise. Okay. Everybody see, Lud? Surely every man walketh in a vain show. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches, and knoweth not who shall gather them. And now, Lord, what wait I for? my hope and in the hebrew it says my hope is only in thee deliver me from all my transgressions make me not the reproach of the foolish through the act of waiting through the act of not leaving the promise make me not a reproach i was dumb i opened not my mouth because thou did it now now we got the secret Instead of complaining about the situation, instead of solving the problem, recognize thou did it. Remove thy stroke away from me. Now it served its purpose. I am consumed by the blow of thine hand. When thou with rebukes dost correct man for iniquity, thou makest his beauty to consume away like a moth, and surely every man is vanity. Selah. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Now remember, right now, this is David sitting, the king, sitting in Jerusalem in the promise, in the midst of everything, he owned everything. He said, hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace at my tears, for I am a stranger with thee, a sojourner as all my fathers were. What does that do to the natural Israel, O spare me that I may recover strength before I go hence and be no more. Understand? Okay. So so he's saying to Isaac, don't go down to Egypt. Dwell where I'm going to tell you, but for now, sojourn as a guest in this strange place, Gerar, amongst the Philistines. That's where we are. We're amongst the Philistines. We're in the world, but not of the world. Well,
1: I, can ju- I can just hear the Father saying that to Jesus. Amen. Spend some time with these idiots at Roller. Amen.
0: <laughs> okay, back to Genesis. Let's take verse. I mean, chapter Hebrews. That's where I want to go.
1: Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> Hebrews, chapter eleven, verse eight. am i succeeding in making you feel like isaac there's a famine Mm -hmm. you got something you lie you're on the way down to egypt god says hold it hebrews is way near in the new testament near the book of revelation and the 11th chapter of hebrews is the clearest vision of what true faith is By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, I obeyed.
1: 11a? No, oh, oh, I thought you said, I was in chapter? Eight. Right. Right.
0: Obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whether he went. I can't emphasize enough that there is never a role model God will not deal with you exactly as it dealt with someone else. There's never no a role model for faith, because if there were, there wouldn't be faith. Hmm? That's
1: clever.
0: It's clever stuff. It's, it's a tricker. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise. <coughs> as in a strange country. Interesting. Dwelling in tents, or tabernacles, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. That's kind of interesting. Do you know that the Hasidic Jews that are in Israel, there's two main sects of Hasidic Jews. There used to be three, but no, one was in Poland. and they, they didn't. But the two main sects of Hasidic Judaism now are in Brooklyn and Jerusalem. The ones in Jerusalem don't vote, won't join the army, won't have anything to do with the government of Israel because they say it's not the Israel of God because according to the scriptures, the Israel of God has to be personally established by Messiah. Can't be through any government efforts or any government decree. So they then know, and, and, and they also know that unless there are sacrifices in the temple, there can be no Israel, especially the day of Yom Kippur. They know there's no Israel. You know what they say? We're continuing faithful for Messiah's sake. you got to admire that. I
1: mean, that. Yeah, and it can't be discounted. I mean, it can't
0: be discounted. Okay, so you understand, the, what I, the point I'm getting across here is that the object of our faith is never anything that's seen with the senses. Except, you mean you know, you may have a little need met every now and then, but the fundamental purpose of your journey is that you w- we ever and always are in a strange country. Yeah. Moses said we are strangers in a strange land. The proper translation of that, for those of you who probably remember, is aliens in a bizarre land.
1: And at the same time, in the
0: promise. Right, because the promise, the new Jerusalem, is our overriding reality, but no one else knows it.
1: It's just the you say it?
0: Right. For he looked for a city who hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 10, on 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the star... He couldn't sport anymore. That's what that means. As good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Now again, I've said this so many times. Never in history of the Jewish people have they ever been very num- numerous. I mean, you could take them all and get them in one bucket of sand, in just one small quad- quadrant of the stars. So again, God's either lying or he's telling us something else. And what he's telling us is that the day of Pentecost, the human race has been Israel, either apostate or faithful, either continuing their own self-seeking or abandonment of self, vessels of mercy. A
1: fish.
0: The seed is in all flesh. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they may have an ha, opportunity to have returned, but now they desire a better country, that is a heavenly, whose, who, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. And Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, etc., etc., etc. Point is, we are in that promise now; our permanent residence <coughs> is the New Jerusalem. Amen. Okay. Back to Genesis.
1: it looks like a stranger. What? But it looks like a stranger.
0: Only if you're looking after the flesh. <coughs> <coughs> Verse 3, 26-3. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee, for unto thee and unto thy seed will I give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. Again, seed is the word Zerah, and it's singular. said God Isaac didn't inherit didn't get any land from Abraham Abraham didn't own any land God's either a liar or something else is going on and the seed there is is the word the same word if we were going to say that in English we'd say the sperm and Galatians says the promises of God go not to the seeds as of many but to the one seed, which is Christ. Saul Bellow, who is a great writer, won a Pulitzer Prize. He had this quote. He said, I sometimes think there are two Israels. The natural one is territorially insignificant. The other, the spiritual, is immense. A country inestimably important, playing a major role in the world, Rod is all of history. A great quote. That's from the book *Jerusalem and Back*. A few. That's a great book. I don't want to talk anymore. I want to quit. <coughs> Can I quit? Yeah, you quit. I quit. But I bet Crizzle can't do that. Anybody have any prayer requests or needs? Well, learn the lesson of Isaac. Don't leave the promise. Take it, big guy. Don't win. Don't win. Don't make God appear unto you.
1: After, don't.